Good morning, YouTube family. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, our happy crappy hour, our weekly live stream. So glad to have you guys hopping on. It is an absolute craziness right now where, you know, if you're in the midst of it, you're probably feeling, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at that part. You're probably feeling really miserable. And today I want to pull you out of that misery. I want you to see that life is not completely as bad as you might think it is. And you have to get off the crazy train. Part of why you're feeling so down is because you're imagining that the narcissist is having the time of their life, right? You're imagining that the new supply is getting everything you've ever wanted and that the narcissist cannot be happier. But the reality of it is a lot of times the narcissist moves on to another narcissist. It's so absolutely crazy. I know that there are a lot of times that it seems that the narcissist picks exactly the same kind of person over and over again. But in actuality, um, they, they do mix it up. They will go from a person like you and then go do a 180 to somebody else who's like them. And that is the hilarious insanity of it, you guys. It's amazing that they will pick someone that they think is going to be a complete change for them. But in reality, it's not a change for them. It's more, oh, hold on, you guys. Let me see if I need to change something here. It's more of a... Um, an excitement or a switch up for them. They think that, okay, I'm going to choose somebody completely different. But what they're drawn to a lot of times is someone a lot like them. They will be drawn to somebody that they think is outgoing and a life of the party and completely understands them. And what's happening is they're getting, they're getting played <laughs> by another narcissist and that to me is hilarious actually because I mean I know it sounds terrible but you know karma comes around so I'm not going to apologize for that karma comes around whatever you dish out you're going to get back and there are consequences to your actions to their actions to how you behave and how you treat other people and you know people talk about the law of attraction well this happens to narcissists too they will attract other narcissists because when two narcissists get together they're going to think like wow they're just kindred souls how is it that they they um despise the same people right and how is it that they they uh gossip you know how, how is it that they enjoy so much of the same things and how is it that that they have the same passions, right? They, they're they just hitting on every cylinder and they think, this is my person. And the hilarity of it is they're each playing each other. And we're on the outside, thank goodness. We are saved from this freaking train wreck. We get to be on the outside. And and at first you might think, oh, you know, why why can't I be part of this? big, explosively passionate, fun, you know, active life that they seem to be portraying. Well, they're putting on a show for everybody. 
each of them is putting on a show for their own audiences. Each of them is putting on a show for their own fan clubs. And if you are watching them, you're going to start imagining that they're having this beautiful, wonderful life. But what's going on is that they are love bombing each other. That is the hilarious part. If you are more awake, if you are able to, um, I know it's hard to extract your emotions, but if you can sit back and just watch them as if you know the inside script, you know what's really ha happening because you've been behind closed doors with at least one of them, right? You know what that one person is like, your, your ex-narcissist, right? You know what that person's like. So can you imagine two of them going at it behind closed doors? I mean, they want to make it seem like they're, they're having the best sex of their life. They're having the best passion of their life. They're having the most adventures of their life. And it may start off that way for the first month, possibly, right? Because they're love bombing each other, you guys. They're love bombing. They are gaslighting and love bombing each other. Um, and by gaslighting, I guess what I mean is that they're putting on a show and every time, and they're, they're each, they're each being played and manipulated in a way that they don't even realize it. So they each think that they're the one in control, right? They each think that they're the one who is the most important in the relationship. They each think that they're the one that is the most special person and ingredient in the, in the relationship and that is the one that makes the relationship magical. So they don't value the other person as much as the other person thinks, each of them, right? And that, if you sit back and you watch this unfold, you're going to see little signs. And I'm not suggesting you ever really watch them. Um, I know having seen a couple of narcissists in my lifetime, when they, you know, they, they cannot stay away from each other. Actually, right now they're on a break again, but when they get together and they have gotten together multiple times over the years, it's like, for some reason they forgive, I don't know if it's forgiveness, but they, they take each other back into their lives. It's like they need each other. Because everybody else gets tired of them. Everybody else is sick and tired of their stupid games and their lies and their manipulations and, and just how awful they are. They'll, they'll put up with them, but they don't want to invite these people back into their life. So the narcissists end up back together again. And when they get back together, it's, it's kind of hilarious because at first you think, oh, they get along so great. They forgave each other. They're going to be happy now. They're really going to have a good relationship at this point because, you know, years have passed and they've learned and they've changed. But the funny thing is they don't. They don't change. And each of the other one thinks the other one has changed. I've had this happen to me where one of the narcissists has tried to guilt me into letting the second narcissist back into my life. And telling me that I'm not a good person for not forgiving. I'm not a good person for not not um, getting back together and, and meeting up with this other, you know, the second narcissist. And I'm like, 
we don't even live in the same town. We don't even live in the same state. <laughs> There's no reason for me to ever get back together or hang out with that narcissist, even if that narcissist invites me to stay at their house, right? And which is, has happened. This is what happened. I turned it down. When I went to visit the same city, I was in the same city as the second narcissist, I refused to stay at the same house. And the first narcissist decided that I was a bad person because I didn't forgive. And I was like, no, I have other options. I have other places I would rather stay. I, I have other people I would rather visit who actually are much more pleasant people and get along with me great. And we have the same family structure. So our husbands get along, our kids get along, we get along. Why would I want to go hold myself up at the narcissist's house where we have nothing in common, right? Anyway, here's the deal. So the second narcissist I was being told has changed. It's so different now. And even another, um, how do I put this? Is it a fan club or a flying monkey? I don't know. Maybe a flying monkey of the first narcissist was trying to tell me, oh yes, the second narcissist has changed. They're so much nicer now. You should you should talk to, to him and, and see, and you'll see for yourself. Well, you guys, you know, I'm not one to bend to guilt. <laughs> People can try to guilt me all they want and make me try to, you know, try to tell me I'm a bad person. I'm like, okay, well, if that's what makes me a bad person, your opinion of what I, you want me to do, that you want to control me, you want to manipulate me into doing what you think is the right thing, and you want to put people in my life that I know is a danger. No, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm, I'm not going to bend to that. That's ridiculous, right? So I was like, okay, whatever. Just let them be. Let them have their opinions. And then here's the deal. Two, year, two years later, um, narcissist number one finds out that narcissist number two has bought a new place, a new house. And moves out of her house, actually, right? So he was staying at her house rent-free, using her. And while he was using her, he was really nice to her. And that's what fooled narcissist number one into thinking that narcissist number two had changed. He was totally playing her so that he could get free rent. Well, after living in her house rent-free for, I think it was four years, it was insane, um, having done hard lift, hard, hardly lifting a finger to do any changes in the house, to, to do any maintenance at all. Just, oh, it was horrible. Anyway, he goes and buys himself a house because he saved so much money living rent-free for four years. He saved so much money. He goes around town bragging to his friends that he saved tons of money, that he has all this money. Because that's how narcissists are, right? They want to make the impression or give the impression that they're rich and successful and have money because they're so wise with money. They're so clever and smart. When in actuality, they just cheated somebody else out of money and that's how they got money. So he saves up a ton of money for four years, not having to spend a dime in rent or utilities, by the way. So yeah, she paid for his utilities and, and, and mortgage um, of her own house. And she wasn't even living there. So he got to have the whole house to himself. Every time she tried to rent out a room to other people, he'd chase that person out. As we know, right? As we know, nobody can live with a narcissist. So 
after he buys himself this, this house, he doesn't even tell her where it is. She didn't even know that he bought a house until he started moving out. And then she finds out he bought a house and she talks to him about this. I don't know how that meeting went, but you can imagine it was probably a confrontation. It was probably rude. It was probably a fight. And he tells her that she is not welcome in his house. <laughs> he, she is not welcome to come see him. He doesn't want anything to do with her anymore after using her for four years. And here she was two years earlier telling me how much he has changed, how horrible of a person I am that I did not let him into back into my life. Why don't I go visit him when I'm in the same town? And I'll tell you, you know, I was like, why? Why would I visit somebody I have no, nothing in common with and no, nothing that we share life with? You know, we have nothing. So, I mean, we have maybe some mutual friends and that's about it. So I, I just didn't see the point of inviting somebody back in my life. And not that he had done anything to me, by the way. He had done things to other people that I was aware of. For instance, he had beat his first wife, and I know his first wife, and he, um, his own children hated him, but they loved him in that he was their father, so they were willing to put up with him, but they were not going to have him live with them. <laughs> you know, they did not want that. They knew that if he moved in with them, he would destroy their marriages. So I knew all of this and I'm thinking, why would I want that kind of a person back in my life? Even peripherally, even as an acquaintance, it just made no sense. Unless I had to be involved in his life for some reason, you know, if we owned property together or if we um, shared children or if we, uh, I don't know, had family functions or something like that and we had to see each other okay that's that's one one reason why I would have to but if none of that exists why why bring them in right so you guys here's the deal when two narcissists are together they are playing each other they are they are on their best behavior just like these two narcissists they put on a show for each other because they needed one another now you might ask, why did narcissist number one need narcissist number two? Well, because narcissist number two loved to gossip with narcissist number one. Gar narcissist number two loved to pan and smear the other people in narcissist number one's life. So narcissist number one appreciated that, right? So narcissist number two always seemed like he was on her side always seemed like he agreed with everything she said whenever she smeared the their mutual friends or their mutual their family members or their you know just people they knew together so narcissist number two just jumped on board and smeared along with narcissist number one that's why they got along that's why narcissist number one needed number two and number two by the way was on his best behavior with her because he knew he needed a rent-free place and he was making out like a bandit. He could save all of his money and buy whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted with it, and she somehow, number narcissist number one, put up with that. She just assumed that he didn't he just didn't have as much money. 
he, he played it off like, oh, I'm broke. I don't have any money. I only have this little bit of retirement or whatever it was he had, you know. Um, and it turns out he, he has actually multiple properties now. He has a property in another country. He has a property here now. And she is not welcome. So, you guys, narcissists do not change, first of all. Second of all, narcissists will use each other. And it's, you know, I feel kind of bad because I know narcissists, number one, better. And I don't wish them harm. But at the same time, I just go, you know, what the heck? You guys keep bringing this on yourselves. Why do you think it's okay to be so hateful towards other people? And then you find out that you're getting used by, you know, why, why is it okay that you push other narcissists on unsuspecting people? So you guys, when you see a narcissist move on with a new supply and you think, oh my goodness, um, I'm missing out. They're having so much fun. How come I'm on the outside? Count your blessings. You are blessed to be on the outside. Well, you guys, let me see what's going on here. Good morning, John. Good to see you here. And Obi-Wan, good to see you. It says, my happy for the week was I kicked my current narc to the curb yesterday. She tried the silent treatment and I played why narcs go silent on YouTube and she left. Wow. <laughs> and Jennifer, good to see you. Have you experienced when the two narcissists getting up on someone? Yes, I have experienced that. And that is not funny, okay? I, I get that part. I do, I'm not laughing at that part at all. It is horrible. Um, these two narcissists have frequently ganged up on other people. And just, and here's the deal. If you are not aware of what a narcissist is, if you're not aware of their manipulations and their bitterness and their just just how evil they can be you will get crushed and these people did they were hurt they they got their feelings their emotions into it they they felt like they were the scum of the earth because the two narcissists would make them feel like they're nothing they're worthless um they you know and and then they also acted like you know we have it better than than the person that they're ganging up on, right? So the person they're ganging up on felt like from their position that they had nothing, that they were the most miserable and most unlucky and they they just were crushed by these two. And I just feel like, you know, the, cra the crazy thing is when their victim got some distance from them, they started to recover. That is the good news. The victims eventually get some distance from the narcissist, even when there's two of them ganging up, right? This is why I have suggested in the past, and I know it's hard to do, but if you can move, move. If you can get out of that neighborhood, if you're, you're living close to a narcissist, move. If you're living in the same building with a narcissist, move. If you are in the same town with a narcissist and they are that persistent that they are hounding you and for some reason the town is not big enough to separate the two of you move that's what you have to do so each of their victims every time I've seen this each of their victims would go back to their own part of town 
or part, you know, different states and get better. They would just get better. They would get nurtured by actual real friends. They would have family members who are healthy coming around them and inviting them to other things. They would get plugged back into reality and back into life. And they wouldn't have this cancer of two narcissists breathing on them and injecting poison, poisonous thoughts and actions towards them. And that's how you heal and how you get, you, know, you break away from that situation. You have to physically separate yourself. You cannot live in the same house. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I want to respond. Jennifer says, oh, I am. I was the target. Yeah, right? Obi says, I played this game before I discovered how hurtful this disorder is to others. See, Obi, like, this is why I say some people are narcissistic and they can grow out of it once they understand. When you are raised in an environment where people use each other, where it's almost like cheered on and uh, encouraged to hurt other people and it's like they deserve it, You're, you had, you had, uh, you, not just responsibility, but you have no, you don't have to feel bad about it. And, and it's laughed about. And if that's your environment, if that's the people who are around you, you're not going to have a good sense of conscience. You're not going to have a good sense of morality. You're not going to be able to realize or see that what you're doing is evil because it's accepted almost, right? It's accepted as normal by by the people around you and actually cheered on and encouraged. That's how gangs work, by the way. If you ever have been around gang mentality or cliques, right? It doesn't even have to be a gang, it could be a clique in high school or middle school. You'll see how a group of girls or a group of guys will pick on a, a, a victim and they cheer each other on hurting that victim. And, I'm, and not everybody in that clique may be a narcissist. It takes just one narcissist to lead people into this crazy mob mentality that this victim deserves to be treated this way. They'll mock the victim. They'll discredit the victim. They'll lie about the victim. They'll make up stories so that the rest of the clique thinks, oh, this victim is a horrible person. And so I need to, you know, maybe call them names. I need to jeer at them. I need to shove them around a bit. And, and, and all of this is horrible. Okay. All of the, I don't, I'm not condoning any of this. I'm not excusing any of this. But what I'm saying is sometimes people, a lot of times actually grow out of this click when they start to recognize that, holy cow, what am I doing? Once they separate themselves from that click, like when you graduate high school, right? And you get plugged into the real world and the people around you don't act like the clique you used to hang out with, you start to go, what the heck? You start to feel shame, actually, right? And guilt. And then a lot of people don't move on from that. They, they kind of self-destruct and, and get worse and worse with who, you know, about their self-esteem. And they start to, to slide downwards and then spiral downwards and then possibly get addicted to stuff to escape who they are because they hate who they are and who they had been growing up um, 
And then out of that comes a lot of more emotional and psychological damage that keeps them from maturing, keeps them from growing and healing. This is why I do a cha this channel, because I want people to see that, look, you made mistakes in the, in the past, you can move on. You can actually heal and forgive yourself. I mean, if you can go back and rectify stuff, go, go and do that. But if you can't, like say you hurt somebody way back in middle school or high school and you have no idea where they are now, say a prayer for them. If you're not a uh, Christian or religious, send them well wishes, like put it out there, like send them good juju, you know, um, say a blessing for them and, and for of healing, like do what you can on your side of the earth to, to send out love and kindness and, and prayers and in my case, I, I pray that they would get to know Jesus because for me, Jesus has been healing the real teachings of Jesus. That is not the corrupted man, whatever, manipulated stuff. OK, you guys, I'm not talking about that. But if you can rectify what you did in the past, do that. Grow from it. Don't be like that anymore. And especially in your current relationships, you can change, right? You don't have to be that way in your current relationships. And when you make a mistake, I'm not saying like, oh, now that you know, you'll never make a mistake again. No, you're going to keep making a mistake. When you do, rectify that. Apologize. Go back. Change it. Fix it. Repair. That's what you can, can do. And when you do that, it empowers you. It makes you a stronger person. And then you become less and less narcissistic. You become less and less like you behaved when you were in that gang or in that clique. You, there's so many redemption stories out there, which I love, of people who used to be full-on criminals in, in these horrible gangs, and they were destroying themselves along with the victims that they victimized, okay? Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I have no sympathy for them whatsoever, and I, I get that, I understand that. But the beauty of this story, these stories, is that they rectify it. They go back and they change, right? They go back and they, oh, the wind is picking up and my umbrella almost flew out, you guys. So um, the, they go back and they, they, they fix the relationships. And in some cases, they build a relationship where once there was a deep, horrible black hole. And the other person takes them back into their life. A lot of times it's a family member, right, that they hurt. And they go back and they fix that and they repair that. And then they are able to move forward and not just move forward with their own life, but they move forward because they're compelled to make this world better now. They know what they did to damage it. Now they feel like they owe this debt and they want to pay this debt and they want to make it a better place and that is what I hope for each one of us right instead of feeling like oh I was such a bad person I gave into the narcissist I became like the narcissist I was part of the narcissist fan club or their flying monkeys and I did damage to other people I'm a horrible person and I need to disappear no don't think that way that doesn't make the world better what you need to do is if you can do random acts of kindness, possibly for the people that you've hurt, like even anonymously for the people you've hurt 
and like send them money for no reason, right? Send them flowers for no reason, just to brighten up their day, let them know someone's thinking about them, praying for them, wanting to bless them. Just, and, and even a note that says, I think you're, you know, you don't know who I am, but, um, or you do know who I am and, um, I've hurt you in the past and I just want to apologize. You don't, I don't want to say who I am, but I want you to know that nothing I did in the past meant that you were a bad person. It meant that I needed to change, you know, just whatever you need to do. There are so many ways to rectify the things that you messed up in the past. And when you do these things, you don't have to harp on it. You don't have to investigate and follow up year after year after year. You put it out there. You make a difference for that day. And you never know how that seed of kindness will then grow where once there was damage. Well, you guys, I wanted to share that with you. I know I kind of got off on that a bit. Thank you so much. Uh, not a member of the harem. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, that contribution going towards the coffee fund you guys <laughs> I'm going for coffee actually tomorrow let me see not uh, says I am I'm glad I moved in a new city or state the narcissist can't come here but I know they're always watching yeah because they like to follow up on your social media they're able to even though you're not you know you've been unfriended and they're not able to see all of your posts They'll still come on and see if they can um, uh, see if you've changed your profile picture, right? They'll see if uh, maybe mutual friends, they're, they're going to see if they can catch up on what has happened to you or where you're at. Yeah, they're, they're interested. They're interested to know for several reasons. One is if so they can see if they can inject themselves back into your life, number one. Number two. Possibly they just are jealous of you and they want to make sure you're not doing as well as they are. And you're, guess what? You're going to be doing way better than they are. They're not doing well. If they're checking on you and wanting to know how well you're doing, they're not doing well. <laughs> so just let them do themselves, right? Do them and you move on with your life. Who is this? I have to look closely in my phone because the glare. Um, Jennifer, good to see you, says, yeah, social media stalking is just awful, especially when they try to manipulate you through it, pretending to be someone else. I know they see you as their property, but still, sigh. Yeah, um, they do. They do see you as being an extension of them, as part of them, and they don't want to let go of that. They know that w at one point you worship them, right? At one point, you thought they were the best. At one point, you were really good supply to them. And they possibly want that back. And as we know, as a narcissist ages, they just get worse and worse. And not just worse and worse, but they get less and less desirable, right? And they're not going to have as, much, as many options for new supply as they once had. So a lot of times, they do go back to old supply because of that. Never, ever go back to the narcissist because they'll see you as having aged and not as good as you used to be. And they'll let you know that. They'll, they'll make sure that you know that the status that you once had, I mean, even though they discarded you eventually, but even the high status you once had with them is never, ever achievable again. They're not going to allow that. So 
here's the deal though. We're, I want to get back onto our topic for those who are wondering. And actually it's kind of a bit of hope and, and a little bit of lightning for, how do I say? I'm, it's like some elevation for your soul to know that when the narcissist picks another narcissist as their new supply, they are now getting a dose of their own medicine. It is so, I want to say refreshing to to us because for one, one thing is they are not focused on us. We're no longer the target. Now they are the target of another narcissist of, of the new supply, right? They're being played. They're getting uh, love bombed. They're getting the future faking. And eventually it's all going to crumble down. It crumbles down differently though, by the way, than it crumbled with us. Because with us, it crumbled where we didn't fight back the way narcissists fight back. For them, when two narcissists crumble, they're going to crumble in a huge explosion. And they're going to do everything they can to destroy one another. I don't know if you've seen this movie called War of the Roses. But it's just, it's an old, old movie. And I saw it a long time ago. I don't even remember the, the whole gist of it. But I think um, mainly it was this young couple that wanted to buy this dream house. And they ended up buying it because it was going... I guess the person who lived in it passed away and, and suddenly the house was affordable because they, the family just wanted to get rid of it, I guess. So they buy it and it turns out it's a total dump. It's, it's completely fallen apart and now the two of them have to put the house, try to fix the house and they end up fighting about everything. Anyway, bottom line is these two destroy not only the house, they, actually they're destroying the house and trying to destroy each other. So this big, beautiful house that they were putting back together, they were refurbishing, they destroy in hopes of hurting one another. And that is what narcissists do. They will blow up each other's world, each other's assets, each other's finances, each other's homes, each other's relationships, families, in order to hurt the other one. And it... You know, it's actually very scary and, and sad, but if you are not there anymore and you can't escape all of that, just run. You know, just, you know, those movies where there's a big explosion and it's like pushes you out off of your feet and knocks you off your, like run, run as far as you can from it. That is what it's like when two narcissists get together. At first you think, oh, they bought a house together. Oh, they're starting a family together. Oh, they're moving to, uh, you know, a nicer neighborhood together. They, they got a new car. They, you know, you're, you're just seeing pictures of them on vacation and you're thinking how beautiful and how you wish that was you. But then when it explodes and comes crashing down, you don't want to be there. You just don't. And, ah, uh, yeah. There, there are a couple of narcissists that I know that I'm just about certain. I know that they're not together anymore. That's for sure. Because they're, they're, yeah. But they pretty much ruined each other's chances. Oh, that's the other thing. These two narcissists had people that loved them. Okay? This other, they're a younger couple. They had people 
who loved them. One was married. The other one was in a serious relationship about to be engaged. Actually, uh, they were already looking at rings and deciding, you know, uh, to get engaged. And, well, these two got together. The guy who was married and the woman who was getting engaged. Because you know how narcissists are. They're not forgiving people. Uh, each of their significant others did something to them. The wife, actually the wife cheated on the husband because, well, she was neglected and he was a bore and he, he not like boring, he was like um, a bully towards her, controlled her in many ways. And she was gorgeous, you know, she was a beautiful woman and he barely paid attention to her. He just kind of used her for, you know, for sex. And she just felt like a piece of meat to him for years. So she ended up having uh, an extramarital affair. And this other guy treated her well. I'm not a proponent of cheating, by the way. Not at all. Not at all. But um, she wanted to come back to him. I mean, she still cared about the guy who, who wanted to take her away from that abuse. But she wanted to make her marriage work because... They have kids together, right? And because her husband already started seeing narcissist number two, the one who was engaged, um, but then was having all kinds of fights, continual fights with the, the fiance, she fights that she would pick on, you know, like she was demeaning towards him. She, she, how do I, okay. How do I know they're narcissists? Okay. She, he was never good enough for her. She kept telling him what, how, she picked on his appearance. She kept telling him how ugly he was. I'm like, okay, this is your fiance. Why do you keep telling him how ugly he is? Why do you keep telling him that um, he doesn't know how, how to dress? Why are you why do you keep telling him, whoa, my umbrella just about lifted again. Why do you keep telling him that he doesn't measure up to the other guys or even her ex-husband, right? So she's also divorced. Why do you keep telling him and comparing him to your ex-husband who left you for actually two other women and got two other, no, one other woman pregnant while you were still married, you know? Why are you comparing your fiancé and to that guy, she's a narcissist. Anyway, these two got together. And when they got together, they were insisting they weren't doing anything physical. Right, right. Like we believe that, right? So they kept insisting, no, 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 we're not doing, we're, we're not even holding hands. And then they were, okay, we're just holding hands. We're just going to the movies. We're just going out to dinner. We're just, yeah, yeah, right. So anyway... These two gave up the opportunity to actually be with people, normal people, who loved them, who were willing to put up with them, who were willing to go the distance with them. And they, the guy, he didn't want to get back together with his, his wife. They ended up finalizing their divorce. I mean, she wanted to get back together before the divorce was finalized, but... Because he had already found narcissist number two, he thought that was much more exciting because narcissist number two was on her best behavior with him. She was exciting and sexy and 
and passionate, right? And also at the same time, like a wounded little puppy. And he thought, oh, I can save this wounded little sex puppy, you know, sex kitten, I guess, you know, um, and he fell for it. He totally fell for it. So he, um, told his wife, no, I don't want to get back together. We're going to finalize this divorce. And guess what? She ended up marrying, um, the other guy. She is now happily married to the other guy and he is not. He is on his own because I don't know how, which one finally did it, pulled the plug. But these two um, lost the, the opportunity at actual relationships where the other person cared and loved them. Because they fell for each other's ploys. They fell for the other person's manipulations. So he comes off, as the narcissist normally does, telling her that he is the, this is weird. Narcissists will compliment themselves. So he's telling her he's like such a hot guy. Like, why does he have to tell her he's so hot, right? And he plays up all the things that are important to her, the second narcissist, which is the clothing, right? I, I wear designer clothes. I drive a nice car. I make a lot of money. So he's throwing that out there to impress her and make her think like he's such a successful, hot, you know, commodity out there. So, of course, she falls for that and dumps her fiancé, who was crushed. Uh, the reason I know this is because I was friends with both the ex-wife and the fiancé and the two that got together. The two that got together I had known for years um, and the ex-wife as well. The fiancé I had just gotten to know, but he had met up with us, with me and my husband, a couple of times to try to find out what the heck is going on. And this is before I started this channel. It was like just before I started this channel, you guys. This is why I started the channels because God had put in, had put people in my life where I got to see and hear the conversations, the intimate details of these narcissistic relationships and the damage they've done to each other. And I got to see what it looks like when the narcissist um, confides in you. And I didn't know at the time that they were narcissists. I was just being a good friend to each of these people, thinking, how do I help them? How do I help them navigate? How do I get them back together? How do I, you know, show them the truth and get them to not be um, seduced by the sexiness of a new possibility and, uh, you know, the, the love bombing stages of relationships. And by the way, narcissistic relationships are not the only ones that have love bombing at the beginning. Many relationships do because you want to make it exciting. You want to make it seem like, you know, you, you feel more free actually, and you may not be faking it, but you do behave much better than you normally would when you're in the first stage of a new relationship because you're just excited to get to know the other person. You're pouring into this relationship. You're, you're making time for it. You're making sacrifices for it. So even in the midst of that, I was trying to get these four to see the truth, like who really loves whom, who is really going to be there for them. Tried to help the guy and the um, I never got to talk to the husband, 
I was not as close to him. I was close to the ex-wife. So trying to help her have conversations that would be helpful to get the two of them back together. And I was talking to the other two, the, the narcissist number two and her fiance, to try to get them to have constructive conversation and maybe even constructive um, counseling, right? But it was too seductive for the two narcissists to not run off with each other. And so they did. So they did. And I'm not sure how long they lasted, but um, it's been a couple of years now and they're, they're done. They're done for. They're not together anymore. Who knows what their status is with each other. But the fiance has moved on. He has um, now, he's now engaged to somebody else who he adores and has been so good to, just like he was going to be good to the narcissist. But now he's pouring into somebody who actually pours back into him, who actually appreciates him and doesn't put him down. Anyway, the ex-wife and the ex-fiance are far better off. The two narcissists that got together, they're just a wreck. And they continue on, you know, they continue on exactly where they were emotionally. It's like they're stunted emotionally at middle school. And they don't grow. They just don't grow. They don't improve. They just get older. Their bodies age. They get more mature in that way, but not psychologically more mature. They just don't learn. So you guys, when two narcissists get together, stay away. First of all, stay away. Back, back away as far as you can. But if you get to kind of watch it, it's rather amusing. It's almost like holy cow, they did this to each other. I mean, I still feel bad about it because I don't want anything bad to happen to people. I feel sad for them. But I am so glad that I was not in the mix. I am so glad that um, the other two, their exes, have recovered and healed and have moved on to beautiful, wonderful relationships that now they have a chance at a lifetime of happiness. You guys, it does work out after narcissistic abuse. It does work out. Just make sure you keep your distance. Don't get anywhere close to where this explosion is about to happen. Well, that is all I wanted to say today. I want to see if what you guys are saying here. If you have any... Yeah... Oh, that's good, Obi. Says these channels saved my last two relationships. <laughs> Karma. Yep. These clowns all play the same game. True. Yep. Well, you guys, that is our show for the day. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you for commenting and for giving me a thumbs up. Um, please comment and give me more thumbs up and um, recommend this channel to other people if you know people who are going through I, I still have friends who are like oh my gosh I need to recommend your channel to this other person who's going through a divorce and I'm telling you it does help other people when they start to understand the trauma that they're going through they're not alone and others have gone through this before them and have healed 
and there is light on the other side. There is goodness and hope and light on the other side. So you guys, God bless you guys. Watch a commercial once in a while. I, that would totally help me. I appreciate it. Uh, also, thank you for the donation. Uh, not a member of the harem. Is that what I did? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week, and I will catch you next week.